0: Happy New Year! I want to remind you, we've got our banquet tonight. We do an annual banquet uh, every year to kick our year off, kind of talk about where we've been and where we are going. So that's going to take place today at five o'clock. Uh, you can get the information in your bulletin on the back. It's got the pricing and stuff back there. Uh, Twelve bucks per adult. We're going to be—is uh, it Fire and Smoke? Fire and Smoke. Okay, we're having catered Fire and Smoke. Good barbecue. Um, Forty bucks. Per family, if you go over, if you have like five people, we're not going to charge you more than 40 bucks. Uh, so come on down five o'clock here tonight. We're going to have uh, some entertainment, uh, potentially, uh, and some other things. And have a, uh, we're going to take communion together tonight uh, and just kind of talk about our year that's coming up. So uh, please plan to be there. Uh, and we are going to have a, a lesson today that's kind of uh, uh, an in-betweener. We're in-between series here. Um, So, let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into it today, okay? Let's pray. Father, uh, as we look in your word today, I pray you open our hearts to your truth. God, help us. Uh, just as we think about life, as we think about uh, how to have a full life, as we think about how to be a blessing to others, that you help us make the application in a way that's wise. God, if we're struggling here this morning, I know uh, some of us are here today and we're, we, we've got stuff going on, in our, on, going on in our lives that is really on our mind. Uh, and, and Father, whatever the situation, I pray if we need to ask for help, Uh, If we need to change or repent of something, God, I just pray you help us do that. Help us to be courageous followers of Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So as a teenager, I decided my parents were crazy. Okay, have any of you been there? Uh, I remember as a 15-year-old kid thinking my mom and dad are just completely out of their minds. Uh, Because they had raised me to, to... follow God. They had raised me to believe the Bible was the word of God. They had raised me to believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Uh, And I just decided all of that was nuts. None of this was real. All of that was crazy. Uh, And the purpose of life wasn't to please God. The purpose of my life was going to be to please me. I made a conscious decision at 15 that my life was going to be about me. Guess how that went? Not so good, right? I started getting into trouble, uh, which I grew up in a pretty good household. Uh, My mom and dad were not perfect. There were times where they made some big mistakes. But for the most part, I had a pretty healthy household. What my mom and dad didn't know is that I was molested when I was a little kid. And that darkness that was introduced into my life because of that carried on into my teenage years where I was a candidate to self-medicate, uh, what I mean by that is my sense of a good time uh, was getting high or getting drunk or whatever, which goes with a lot of trauma victims, okay? So I got very entrenched in drug use as a teenager, thinking I'm going to do life better than my mom and dad could do. By the time I was in college, I had pretty much derailed my life uh, with addiction and, and the stuff that I was chasing to the point that I kind of hit rock bottom. And you know what they say when you hear hit rock bottom, where do you have to look, Right? up. And so I started rethinking life at that point. But the lie that I had bought into that led me into about a decade of of pretty hardcore addiction was the lie that uh, life is good as long as you make it about you. Life is good as long as you look out for number one. Life is good as long as you're just worried about your good time, right? That was the lie that I had bought into. Uh, Mike, go ahead and read John 10.10. You've got some notes in your bulletin. If you want to pull those out, it's going to have most of the passages we're going to look at uh, this morning on there. The first one on your notes is John 10.10, and this is Jesus talking. And so, Mike, if you don't mind, go ahead and read that for us. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay, now this is Jesus talking. He says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Who's that talking about? Talking about Satan, right? Jesus presents Satan as a real person, as a real person with the real agenda. And that agenda is to derail my life and to derail your life. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Where does it talk about him being a blessing? It's not there, right? Steal, kill, destroy. But I have come, Jesus talking about himself, I have come that they may have what? Have life. Painful life where you're just waiting to die? It's not what it says. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Okay? You want to know why I made that decision that I made when I was 15? to to turn away from all the stuff my mom and dad had taught me, to turn away from God, to turn away from all this Bible stuff. I made that decision because I wanted a full life. But I didn't believe the stuff my parents had taught me or the stuff I learned in the Bible was the real way to have a full life. I learned the hard way that my way of attaining the full life was not really the, the right way. I learned the hard way. Now... I became a Christian when I was in my 20s. I've got uh, time on the other side doing this the other way. Guys, I'm still not perfect, okay? If you hang out with me, you know that already. Um, I'm a mess, but I do try to pursue God in my life. And I can tell you life with God is way different than life without God. Amen? Amen? Way different. Whenever Jesus says that he wants us to have a full life, You know what? He meant it. And I can tell you as a person who has tried life both ways, life with Jesus is way better than life without Jesus. And what I want to do this morning is just kind of, I want us to wrap our minds around that a little bit, what that looks like. Uh, I really like the chapter in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5. That's where we're going to walk through this morning. Uh, Because Paul lays out some principles there uh, that I think are really, really important if you want to have a full life. Guys, God doesn't just want you to go through life gritting your teeth and bearing it and kind of enduring to the end. He wants to equip you to have a full life. Amen? Does anybody in here want a full life? I know I do, right? Uh, So let's look at some principles uh, related to this. Now, if I want to have the best life, And again, we're going to come right out of 2 Corinthians 5. If I want to have the best life, I must remember, number one, God designed me to long for the best life. God designed me to long for the best life. We were designed for this. If you've ever felt a longing in your heart for something more in life, God put that longing there because you were designed for more. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, this is Paul. He says, for we know... That when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, <clears throat> that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies we will not be spirits without bodies we will live in these earthly uh, while we live in these earthly bodies we groan and we sigh but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us rather we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life god himself has prepared us for this and as a guarantee he has given us the holy spirit now what paul is saying here is that you and I were created for something more, right? He says the body that you're in now, someday it's going to go away. But God is going to replace it with something way, way better that you get to occupy. That body you're in now, if anybody in here feel like they're breaking down, okay? Some of us older, uh, you know, I was talking back problems, neck problems, Sciatic nerves, right? Sickness. You feel like you're breaking down, right? The older you get, the, the more apparent it is, especially when your mind starts to go, right? go, oh, that's so cute. He has no idea what's going on. Uh, that's just the way it goes. But God has something better in store for you. He has something better. In store for you. He says, Paul here says, we grow weary in our present bodies, right? But there's gonna come a time where God gives us something that doesn't grow weary. We get sick in our present bodies, but there's gonna come a time where God gives us a body where we don't get sick. We get tired, we get cold, we get hungry. There's gonna come a time where all of those needs are met. All of those needs are gonna be met. But in the meantime, you feel a longing for that, right? You feel a longing for that. You feel like something's off. You feel like there's got to be more. God has put that in your heart because he's designed you to get those desires fulfilled and he's the source of fulfillment. He's going to take care of you. We want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Usually when you talk about being swallowed up by something, it's usually swallowed up by death, right? Here in the Bible, talking about what Jesus does, you're not swallowed up in death, you're swallowed up in life. And that's a good thing. And then verse 5, he says, God himself has prepared us for this. Those desires that you have. That longing that you have, that one of something more, that is something that God has put in your heart. And did you know that's a longing that everybody has? Guys, this is a universal human truth. All of us as human beings are longing for what God can give us. The problem is we try to fulfill those longings in ways that God says not to. And that's when we get ourselves into trouble. But if you want to have the best life, you need to understand those longings that you have, that sense of uh, fulfillment that you're looking for, that is a longing that God has put in your heart precisely because he wants you to look to him to get those longings fulfilled. Amen? Okay. Secondly, I live my best life By pleasing God as my purpose. I live my best life by pleasing God as my purpose. It says in verse six so we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this body. Okay. Being at home in this body... Being at home on this earth, Paul says right here, is to be away from the Lord. Okay, if you've ever struggled with depression, if you struggle with um, manic depressiveness, a lot of times depression is rooted in the sense that you don't have anything to look forward to. I know in my case that was certainly true, right? You just feel like you don't have anything to look forward to. Uh, Man... If you will embrace this truth right here that there is coming a time where everything is going to be fulfilled, every desire, every longing, uh, everything you need to be healthy and whole is going to be given to you, Uh, isn't that comforting to know, okay? But when I'm in the midst of a depressed state, I'm not thinking about that stuff. I'm thinking about whatever I don't have in the moment, uh, or I'm thinking thinking about something else that's other than that, right? But this is a faith thing. Um, so we always have something to look forward to. And he he goes down through here, and the punchline comes in verse nine. Whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to what? Our goal is to what, church? It's to please God. Whether you're at home in this body or away from this body. That means uh, here on earth, what's the purpose of life? It's to please God. What is the purpose of life in heaven? Do you guys make the connection there? You guys realize you're going to have a purpose in heaven too. It's going to be to please God. Your purpose here on earth is to please God. Your purpose in heaven is to please God. Do you want to have the best life possible? You guys awake? Do you want to have the best life possible? You want to know how you do that? Make your purpose to please God with your life. Okay? You say, how, do I, how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? How? Okay, you might want to get to know him first, right? What's the best way you can, you can get to know what pleases God? Get into, the, get into the scriptures, man. Let me ask, are you a person of the word of God? Are you a person of the word of God? Uh, we've talked uh, a lot here about reading your Bibles and stuff. Uh, I know in our discipleship group, for my group, we're going to be doing, um, our, we're going to be sharing our, our quiet times, like the time we spend with the Lord. We're going to be getting together and just sharing that stuff. I encourage the guys that I work with, read the Bible most days a week. Okay, that's four days or more uh, a week. Studies have, have indicated that uh, people that do that, their lives are way different than those who read the Bible less than that. So the idea is not just to read, to check it off your to-do list. The idea is to read the Bible to get to know God so that you can change your actions and and your attitudes to please him. That's the point of it. It's not just so we can do better at Bible trivia, you know, whatever you have a game night. It's to please God. The idea is you get into the word so that you can apply it, okay? So if you're gonna be a person that pleases God, You need to be a person that's in the Word of God. Let me just ask you, are you in the Word of God? Okay, now you've all said you wanna have the best life possible, you wanna have a great life. I'm telling you, the best life possible is found when you make it your purpose to please God. Do you even get into the Word of God to see what He says? And if you are not in the habit of that, I'm not sharing this just so you'll beat yourself up and feel bad. I'm sharing this so that you'll change your habits. Because I'm telling you, if you will, guys, start out small. T- five minutes a day. Spend five minutes a day reading the Bible and then just spend another five or ten minutes writing out what God taught you and, and, and praying over it for God to let you, help you to apply it. That will change your life. If you've never been in the habit of that, guys, what are you doing? Like, if this is real, if what we're reading here is real, what are you doing? Get into the Word. I'll tell you another thing that you need. Okay, you can, you can give somebody a Bible and put them on a desert island. And you can just leave them there. And you can come back 50 years later. And they're going to have learned some stuff. Because they had that Bible there for 50 years. But you want to know what? They're also going to miss a whole bunch because some of the stuff in that Bible you need help with to understand properly and to apply properly. Some of that stuff, you need somebody that is more well-versed than you are that can walk you through it. Guys, in addition to the word of God in your life, you need the church in your life if you're going to please God. Because what will happen in, in the context of the church is you will have people around you who can disciple you and who will mentor you. Now, we talk about the Great Commission here all the time. That's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. I don't have it on the screen. But uh, this is where Jesus gives his marching orders to his disciples. He says, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the last part, he says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Guys, that is part of Jesus's marching orders. What that means is when I lead someone to Christ, my job is not over when they become a disciple because my job is to have an ongoing connection with them where I teach them to obey everything that has been commanded. That sounds like a tall order, right? That is for every single person. Because God wants me, as I am teaching people to follow Jesus, to give them a Bible and say, hey, go read this and get to know God. But it's also to give them myself and to say, I'm going to be here in the flesh to help you along. This is just what Jesus did. Okay, this is no different than anything else. This is just how Jesus operated. When Jesus was going through the world, he started a ministry with 12 guys and then he spent three years with them, just giving them himself. He was the curriculum. He was the classroom. Okay, you need that in your life too. I have been so blessed because I've had really good mentors in my life. Um, when I became a Christian, I got to intern at a church down in Florida. I've talked about uh Lynn Stringfellow, Gary Lambrick. Man, I was with those guys every day. And it was just, it wasn't like a formal classroom kind of training, but man, I just was picking stuff up from them, just from being around them, going out to lunch and seeing how they interacted with the waitresses and waiters. It was different than how I interacted with people. Seeing the way they handled their kids, okay? Guys, there have been so many people that I've picked up stuff about parenting from who loved Jesus because I spent time with them and I saw the way they handled their kids was different than the way I handled my kids. Right? For some of you teens, you're going to learn stuff in the church. You're going to learn how to relate in a way that's different from all the kids at your school because you're participating with people that love Jesus. There's a lot to be said about learning to please God through the scriptures and in the church. If you don't have the scriptures and the church in your life, you're going to be in trouble when it comes to learning to please God. Um, number three, if I want to have the best life possible, number three, I live my best life by loving people like Jesus. So I want to make it my goal to please God, and I want to love people like Jesus You cannot please God if you don't love people like Jesus. This is so important, so important. Verse 11 says, Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Either way, Christ's love Controls us. In the NIV, I think it says Christ's love compels us. Christ's love. Since we believe that Christ died for who? All. Christ died for all, even those that don't like him, right? He died for them. We also believe that we have all died to what? To our old life, right? This is what it means to become a Christian. When you say, I'm going to become a Christian, I want to follow Jesus, what you were saying is, my old life is done. I'm going to turn away from that. That's called repentance. So I'm going to change. I'm going to turn away from that sin. I'm going to turn to God. My old life, we're we're going to bury that sucker, right? What do you do with somebody that's dead? You bury them. That's what baptism is, right? In Romans 6, uh, what, what do you do when somebody's died? You bury him, just as Christ was buried in baptism. We are buried with him in the waters of baptism. Just like he rose up to a new life, he rose from the tomb. We rise up to a new life, right? That's what it is. So uh, when when Jesus controls us, we die to our old way of life. Um, verse fifteen: He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer do what? Do you guys see that it says that? When you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, he says, if you're for real about it, now you can fake it and it's going to be real obvious to everybody, right? If you're for real, you're not going to be all about you anymore. Now, there might need to be some coaching, there might need to be a reminder, because we have bad days, right? But this is fundamentally, there's going to be a difference in you. If you are still all about you, you you need to recheck your faith, because you have not really had any, right? Um, When you become a disciple, you die to that old way of life, you die to yourself, He died for everyone that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for who? They're going to live for Jesus, right? Who died and was raised from the dead. Verse 16, underline this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ. Merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. When Paul encountered people, he saw them much differently than he did before he became a disciple of Jesus Christ. He just did. He saw people differently. And the closer I draw to Jesus, the closer you draw to Jesus, you will too. You will see people differently. Now, I got to tell you, my mouth has gotten me in trouble over the years. The way I've talked about people, uh, it's gotten me in trouble here. Good grief. I'm, I'm supposed to be responsible with what I say, and sometimes I have said dumb things from the pulpit, right? Had to have talks. Um, my, uh, <clears throat> my mouth and my contempt get me in trouble, um, Years to two, though, like, when that dude tr- cuts you off in traffic, do you say, oh, what a wonderful human being in front of me? Do you say that? No, you say, what an idiot, this idiot in front of me, idiot, 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 right? Uh, or when you're in a hurry in the line at the store, and that dude's taking forever, looking at just the right kind of guy, like, you know what, you, the internal conversation you have, it's not all rainbows and puppies, right? There's contempt that's there. But with Jesus, there never was. You know, like when he walked into a room, he didn't see people as a bother. Now, even the people that others would see as a bother, like for them little kids, he didn't see that as a bother. He didn't see the handicapped guy as a bother. He didn't see the, the, the unclean prostitute as a bother and grow. Like, he loved people. He touched lepers. Lepers, like I think he did that on purpose because of who he was and his love for them, right? We don't regard anyone from a human point of view. Now we said, I didn't really uh, hammer it in the, in the point right before this. Um, but uh, there's this idea of persuading that's that's present like we love people and so we try to persuade them actually it says that here in verse 11 because we understand our fearful responsibility the Lord we work hard to persuade others so here's where your love for people should take you if I walk into a room like say you go I go over to Walmart and I'm just walking the aisles in Walmart and I'm looking at the mom and her kids that's, that's getting the, the, you know, the cereal or whatever. I'm looking at this guy over here uh, who's on his way to work and he's just grabbing. Am I just thinking of them as people to ignore or am I thinking of them and looking for opportunities so that I can persuade them? Persuade them. How do you persuade people? You talk to them, you engage them, right? Uh, Do you guys ever go out of your way just to be friendly, just to love people, just because they're people? I would like to encourage you to start doing that if if it's not something you're in the habit of. Because that's the kind of thing Jesus did. Like when he would walk into a room, he didn't see people the way me and my old sinful self have, have seen people. He saw people as, as souls. He saw people as valuable. He saw people as worthy uh, of, of him giving his life for them. Do I feel that way about people when I walk into a room? Obviously, the answer is no. But again, guys, part of the example that Jesus gives us is he, he sets the bar at perfection and says, shoot for it, Right? We're not going to get it. We're not going to nail it. But man, we need to. How much better would the world be? How much better would the world be if we started treating people like this? Um, I remember when I was uh, an intern in Florida in the campus ministry down there, uh, I would go into the church office frequently. And uh, the church owned several rent houses that were next door. um, And there was one renter in particular that was a terror. This guy, he was a very large man. He was a very angry man. Uh, and he also was not paying his rent, okay? So imagine this there's a guy your church is renting a house to who has not paid rent for six months. But anytime the lights flicker, anytime the refrigerator makes a noise, anytime the door creaks too much, he's calling the church office, complaining very rudely to the church secretary. Okay, just imagine this scenario. Now, not only that, I mentioned he's a very large, very angry man. He also has a, a penchant for violence to the point that when I was a 24, 23, 24-year-old 24 intern, the pastor at that church said, hey, when this guy's coming in, I want you to be alerted, and I want you to know there's a baseball bat behind my desk. If he starts getting violent with the secretaries, you go knock him out. Okay. Uh, I never had to knock him out, okay? He never, he never got sideways with us up there. Uh, but that was his character, and that was the reputation that he had, and that was how he treated people. Does this guy sound like a nice man? This guy was not a nice man. He was not a nice man. And I remember going to Gary, the preacher, thinking about this tenant, this this really not very nice guy, and I was asking Gary, why don't you just evict him? Why doesn't the church, he hadn't paid rent in six months, I mean, you got the legal leg to stand on, why don't you just kick him out? And I'll never forget what Gary said. Gary looked at me and said, Wes, I'm not worried about rent. I'm worried about that man's soul. We can evict him. We can kick him out, but where is he going to go? He's got three kids. He's, He's got a horrible life. At least if he's there, we can keep reaching out to him. And that's what Gary was doing, is he was trying to persuade, okay? He was trying to persuade by being kind. He was trying to persuade by being patient. He was trying to persuade by just loving that man like Jesus and trying to be like Jesus to him. Now, eventually that man was evicted by the Tampa SWAT team because he pulled a gun on a neighbor. So when I say he was uh, dangerous, we meant it, right? But I will never forget how Gary related to that very difficult man. Now, that was a difficult situation, guys. If there are examples of of guys like Gary who can be Jesus to men like that, what excuse do I have of, of just going through life, just ignoring people that aren't even difficult? Like... What we need to do is just take advantage of the opportunities that are before us. As you are going through life, make disciples. As you see these opportunities that present themselves, make disciples. As you can love people, love people. Go out of your way to love people. That's how to have this best life. Lastly here, number four. I live my best life, number four. By introducing others to Jesus. I live my best life by introducing others to Jesus. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us. This task of reconciling people to himself. Can you please underline that? God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Have you ever noticed the Bible says that? You have this task. That means a job, right? You have this job. You have the job of reconciling people to God. Have you ever thought about yourself that way? You are an instrument that God will use to connect people to himself. Guys, the the Bible teaches that the whole world is under condemnation. If we have sinned, we have been cut off from God. If we've sinned, we don't have fellowship with God. Guys, he is the source of life. If we don't have fellowship with life, we're in trouble. We don't have fellowship with life. We just have death to look forward to. But we get to be right with God. We get to be near to God. We get to have our sins forgiven, not counted against us. And then God wants to use us to help others connect to him too. If you want to have the best life possible, it's going to start with your life. Learning to please God. Guys, you've got to know if you're going to please God. God loves people and he wants to use you to bless people. You have got to know that. You will miss the point. uh, uh, (coughs) A large portion of the point of of Christianity. If you think it's just about you. The whole point of becoming a Christian is for it to not be about you. It's to be about God. God. It's for you to die to yourself, to let Jesus take over your life, and then to live according to his desires, not your own. That's what it means to be a disciple. And as you get closer to the heart of God, man, you will learn how much God loves you, but how much God loves your neighbor, and how much God wants to use you to bless your neighbor, and then to use them to bless their neighbor, and so on and so forth. And that's how you have a full life. That's what it comes down to. But I want you to see, he's given us this task of reconciling people to himself. This is part of your purpose in life. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We have a message to share. Are you about sharing God's message? Now, how many of you, when you hear that, are intimidated by it? I know some of you in here are super intimidated. I know some have, have gone so far as, we're just going to throw this whole thing out if I have to do this, because <laughs> that's how intimidated you are, right? Uh, this is not that intimidating. Okay? This isn't like you get up on stage and make a formal speech. Guys, this is, I'm, I'm talking to my friend, and, and, and they're far from God, and... and I'm just asking them, have you ever thought about God? Let me share with you, like, here's what I've learned. Have you, do you remember when my life was this way? Let me share with you how it is different now, right? It doesn't have to be like some kind of formal thing. It's just if you have a friend and you love Jesus, it, guys, it is not that difficult. It is not that difficult just to point people toward him. It doesn't take degrees. It doesn't take special knowledge. Guys, you want to know what you need to know in order to point somebody to Jesus? How to point. Okay, I know babies that can do this. Right? Anybody got any pointy babies? Okay? Some of them, that's all You just got to point, right? It's not hard. Just point to him. Hey, have you thought about this? You say, how, how can I take them to the next step? Like, I don't know enough, like, to sit down and open the Bible with them or any of that stuff. Guys, that's what the church is here for. If, if you are in a place where you can, like, lead somebody to Christ through the scriptures, welcome to the crossings. You got, you got a whole team of people here who can help you. Like, we can help you learn, but we can also just go along with you. And help you. Like that's, that's what the church is for. Right? None of this stuff is, is more than any of us can do. In fact, it's super duper simple. Super duper simple. Anybody can do this. And if you want to have the best life possible, I think the best life really is achievable through intentionality. If I get up and I'm disciplined about this, if I'm disciplined about loving God and putting him first, if I go out of my way to do that, if I'm disciplined about uh, loving people the way God says to love them, I am naturally, if I'm loving God and loving people, I am naturally going to be willing to share and to persuade and to try to love love on them. It really does come from that foundation, loving God and loving people. It all comes back to love. But he goes on here. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. An ambassador is someone that speaks on behalf of the ruler. And so what this is saying here, what Paul is saying is we go with this message of reconciliation that people don't have to have their sins counted against them, that people can be right with God. We're like ambassadors in the world, like we're going into the world with orders, with this message that we have a message to share with the people around us that's going to bless their lives. And that message is God is good and he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Let me show you how to do this. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through who? Through us. You have a job. If you're a disciple, you have a job. You have a task. Our task is to share. It's to be close to God and it's to share. Right? Love God, love others. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Amen, man. Amen. We get this opportunity to have this new life where we are close to God. That does not mean life's going to be without problems. It most certainly is, but you will be able to deal with it. It also means you don't have to be alone anymore because when you become a disciple of Jesus, you are adopted into his family and he's got a big family. He's got a big family. You will not be alone. Uh, it really does come come down to whether you're going to make the decision to to put God first or not. And if you're at a place today where you're not really sure whether that's something you're ready to do or not, maybe you're investigating, or maybe you're ready to jump in with both feet, uh, wherever you are, I just want to say welcome to the Crossings Church. We believe God is going to meet you where you are, and, and we also believe that he loves you too much to leave you where you are. And so I would just encourage you to let God work. Uh, In a moment, we are going to sing a song. And during that song, uh, I would would like you to uh, pull out your communication card. It's in your bulletin. It's a cardstock piece of paper. Uh, During that song, if you don't mind, please fill that communication card out. Uh, We don't like having sermons. It's kind of pointless, honestly, to, to open the Bible if we aren't serious about application. Uh, that's not a good thing. And so if there was anything that was said today that challenged you, uh, or if you need prayer for something, please indicate that on your card. Um, if, uh, if you are thinking about joining the church, uh, we will have a membership 101 class coming up at some point. We also would like to invite you um, to get involved in our small group ministry that's going on. We'll be talking more about that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, if you're not sure where you are with God and, and you'd like to maybe talk with somebody just to get some questions answered uh, or maybe you're just investigating, indicate on there that you'd like a personal Bible study and we will have somebody get together with you and they will uh, sit down, open up the Bible and you know, just kind of talk about how to connect with God. Uh, if you're interested in our small group ministry, indicate that on there. We will uh, get you plugged in. Uh, and I also, you guys just want to remind you, tonight we've got our banquet at 5 o'clock up here. You are all invited. We would love for you to come. Um, but, uh, but this morning, guys, um, if we can help you with anything, please just indicate that and we will follow up uh, and do that. Let me pray for us and then we're going to close out today. Uh, God, as we think about how to have a full life and how to have the best life, I pray that you help us to remember that it all begins and ends with you. Father, if we can learn to put you first, it's going to help us get our minds right about the world. It's going to help us get our minds right about people. If we put you first, we're going to love people. If we put you first, we're going to love people enough to share you with them. I just pray you help us see that as the way to have a full life. Uh, Father, if we're here this morning struggling and need to ask for help for something, or if we need to just get right with you, I pray you prompt us to take action. uh, Help us to fill that card out and, and to be honest and to get the help we need. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.